Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Now Bali podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Spears. This week's episode is actually a sneak peek into our June issue of our monthly online publication, or e-magazine. In June, our issue will be Bali, the restart, where we talk about what steps Bali has to take in order to restart its tourist economy, but also how we can do it better. We speak to experts on destination management, environmental management, and much more, exploring the ways the island can reopen with a renewed vision. Today, I'll be sharing one of the topics from this issue. What will traveling to Bali be like after COVID-19? Sharing what experts believe will be the experience tourists will have when they visit the island. Our June issue is available for free online as an e-magazine. And you reading it would be a huge support for us in this time. So go to nowbali.co.id forward slash subscribe to sign up to our newsletter and get our new issue for free when it comes out. So let's get on with today's subject. Again, this podcast is supported by Genesis Creative Center in Brawa, where we record every week. Check them out at inspireatgenesis.com. Enjoy the show. Being stuck at home for so long, the dreams of traveling are keeping many people sane. Something to look forward to. No doubt, Bali will be high on the list for many. But what will a visit to the Island of the Gods look like post-COVID-19? Of course, at this point, it's all speculation. None of us know what the world will be like. We cannot even begin to fathom what the new normal of our everyday lives will be like, let alone the prospect of a holiday. However, as 80% of Bali's economy is dependent on the tourist industry, posing this question and planning for the future is absolutely imperative. Many livelihoods depend on it. Bali's travel and tourism industry has already planned some areas, identifying what will be expected for the island and what changes need to be made on both public and private institutional levels. With input from industry professionals, like hygiene experts to hotel managers, we share a glimpse of what a trip to Bali in the future might be like. Potential changes that would alter the very experience of the island or even of any holiday. But also possibly pivot the island's tourism industry in the direction that it needs to go. It's estimated that by June, Indonesia's domestic travel might begin, with some flights resuming allowing tourism players to warm up and stretch their legs again. But it won't be until around October or even 2021 where international tourism has a regular flow again. This is all just speculation based on current projections. Nonetheless, before any of that is possible, the tourism industry in Bali will have to jump through some new hoops if it is expected to get anyone to visit the island. Hotels, resorts, parks and restaurants will all need to implement new practices of health and hygiene to give visitors and their home governments the confidence needed to allow them to travel to Bali. It's likely these new safety measures will have to be audited, certified and approved by an internationally recognized company. This will become the new seal of approval for travelers, in the same way people look for a halal restaurant, for example. 
It will be the goal for Bali, and any destination in fact, to not just appear safe, trustworthy, and credible in the eyes of the traveler, but to actually be certified that they are. To gain the market confidence and say that everything is ready to restart again, safely and securely. The experience of staying in a hotel or resort is likely to be very different as well. In the same way that security guards and metal detectors at hotel entrances came about after the 2002 Bali bombings, temperature and health checks may just be the new norm, along with other health-related practices. Yes, the hospitality industry may have to reel back what they're best at, the personal touch, because touch is the ultimate taboo in corona times. Those warm smiles at reception may be hidden by masks, or that friendly welcoming handshake from the general manager reduced to but a bow or a namaste. Social distancing will likely continue, meaning standing further back at the reception desk, the glorious buffet breakfasts that we all love may be deemed too high a risk with all that open food and gathering at the egg station. And swimming pools? Well, how to manage social distancing in the water still remains a mystery. To keep up the new hygiene regulations, wiping down of surfaces will be frantic. The housekeeping personnel, the new frontliners in their attempt to keep desks, beds and towels sanitized. Door handles and lift buttons, anywhere hands and fingers come in frequent contact, will receive lots of attention. Upon checking in or cleaning, your room may be sealed to prove that no one has been inside since the clean. We've painted a bleak picture so far. Hotels run like hospitals, with guests unable to mingle and socialize. It will all feel awkward at first. But without a doubt, we will adjust to this new normal of travel. It's all for the sake of reducing risk and making the traveler feel at ease. Besides, the warm glow of Balinese hospitality will certainly find a way to shine in other ways. Actually, the changes that may need to be implemented can be incredibly positive for the future of tourism in Bali, improving the traveler's experience enormously. In the same way working from home created a massive digital acceleration, the changes needed to ensure health for travelers can also accelerate the improvement of tourism's infrastructure, systems, and services. Here are some examples. Starting at the airport. To minimize grouping, immigration, customs, and baggage claim will all have to be seamless. Long lines of people queuing side by side would make Bali a quick blacklist for travelers. These will have to be made incredibly efficient and timely, with many functions done online before even arriving. The same goes for the transportation outside of the airport. The lurking taxi drivers will not be allowed to linger in groups outside arrival gates. Instead, transportation will have to be booked in advance or through an app. Then the pickup will have to be swift too. This will see messy crowds, traffic and the general inefficiencies normally experienced at the Bali airport disappear, which has always been a terrible first impression for arrivals. Guides and drivers will fall under similar regulations, creating a higher standard for this segment of the industry as they are forced to improve their services and their infrastructure. With big crowds now on the COVID-19 blacklist, this could mean the end of mass tourism. Great news for Bali, 
as the island was already receiving negative backlash from overdevelopment. This means that tourist destinations, which normally welcome endless crowds, descending buses, funneling into places like Uluwatu, Lempuyang and Tigalalang, will have to be managed and controlled. Quotas on daily visits, which would have to be pre-booked, would help keep the numbers down. But this results in a far more enjoyable experience for those who are there. It means they can stay longer, wander, explore, undisturbed by hordes of quick-stop tourists. It's an opportunity for the big tourism destinations to improve their visitor experience. On top of that, new regulations give Bali an excuse for visitor management, implementing expectations of respectful behaviour on top of new safety precautions. We could adopt a Bali Pact, which binds travellers to abide by clear rules of behaviour before staying in Bali, much the same as implemented by Bhutan. Yes, curbing of the numbers will play a huge part in the future of Bali tourism. Ultimately, with quantity out of the picture, Bali will have to focus on quality tourism to get the best bang for the buck. This can be in the form of higher paying tourists or longer staying tourists, both of which take the strain off of Bali's already stretched resources. Again, this is all speculation, but post-COVID-19 recovery can be turned into a huge opportunity for Bali, with the added expectation and necessity to ensure guests their health and safety Bali has the means to really upgrade the experience it offers to visitors. Would you come to this new Bali, where immigration and airport exit are seamless, tourist sites and destinations aren't heaving with tourists, all booked in advance, where the lower numbers of cars mean less traffic, meaning you can visit further flung places in just one day? That sounds like a better travel experience to me. What do you think? That's it for today's episode, everyone. If you liked today's subject, we discuss it in length and detail in our June issue. We speak to Sean Nino of Mantra Bali, who shares his vision of a sustainable Bali. We weigh up the benefits of slow tourism for Bali's future. You'll also find our regular travel and cultural stories too, including articles by Jean Couteau and Angara Mahendra, two of our regular and cherished contributors. Once again, head to nowbali.co.id forward slash subscribe to get the new issue in your inbox for free, or you'll find a link on our homepage starting the first week of June. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget, we'd love to hear your feedback on our podcast, so feel free to send us an email. This is Eddie Spears for the Now Bali podcast. See you next week.